Welcome to Telltales, an investing podcast hosted by Hunt Lawrence and Mike Nicoletti. As a reminder, nothing on this podcast should be considered investment advice. You should always do your own work to determine if an investment is suitable for you. Okay, let's start. I think we're on time. The uh, oil and gas prices continue to go up. Uh, oil prices um, benefit enormously from uh, vaccines and uh, and uh, uh, low positivity rates. Um, the uh, the uh, I mentioned last week that that uh, People, energy economists, um, predict that there'll be less oil consumed at some point in the future because of uh, electronic vehicles. Um, and uh, and then I would say in power, less fossil fuel, less natural gas for sure because of uh, wind and solar. But in the meantime, uh, oil and gas on a worldwide basis uh, will probably, the supply of oil will not grow. Supply of oil may even decline because of reduced expenditure. And when you're talking gas on a worldwide basis, you're talking LNG. And LNG this time last year was $4 a thousand cubic feet in North Asia and and a little bit less in Europe. And this year, uh, and, and you would think that late spring in both Japan, Korea, and China, and also in Europe would be a low point for gas pricing because um, this year, that $4 number is $11. That's a lot of progress in the LNG market. And it's having an impact on natural gas prices in the United States. Uh, the LNG export capacity is 100% utilized. Um, the people with projects are hurrying them to completion. Uh, and uh, so the demand is like 11 days a day up from, uh, up from, you know, practically nothing several years ago. And uh, so it is the growth sector in U.S. gas demand. The other thing that's happening in California and Texas this week is it's very warm and uh, the regulators and the, the PUCs and the ISO uh, independent system operators in each case are, are trying to get people to reduce power consumption and putting out uh, directives that maintenance on power uh, uh, generation units uh, be for, you know, not be undertaken now. So uh, uh, natural gas is actually going pretty well. Both oil and natural gas are heavily backwardated. So WTI is, you know, in the 70s, uh, you know, two years from now or three years from now, it'll be $10 less. Some of that similar pattern in natural gas. If the 12-month natural gas price is $3 and change, it'll be 20, 30 cents less two or three years from now, that backwardation will persist. One of the things to think about in evaluating the things you own or might buy is that uh, companies basically uh, try to hedge. So they're gonna, they're, they're, to the extent they're hedged, 
uh, you're not getting the benefit of the run-up. And the extent they put on new hedges, you have to take the uh, the consequences of of the future price is being ten dollars a barrel less, or in natural gas being thirty cents uh, an MCF less. One of the things I think you can predict is that the two largest, the three largest producers in oil are the United States, Russia, and Saudi Arabia. Russia and Saudi Arabia used to worry about shale oil in the U.S. And our production peaked at about 13 million barrels a day, and now it's around 10 and a half. It's not likely that the 10 and a half will grow. A combination of the large companies turning their attention to uh, uh, things other than fossil fuels, and then the mid-size and smaller companies uh, just operating on their cash flow, not wanting to add debt and wanting to establish a record of, of dividends increasing every year. So the mantra in the U.S. business is free cash flow. So uh, with the United States uh, kind of kind of peaked out at ten and a half, uh, Russia and Saudi Arabia and the other OPEC countries don't have to worry about a seventy dollar price encouraging more shale oil production in the U.S. It's just not going to have much of an impact. So they'll probably just let the price run higher. Um, and uh, in natural gas, um, remember, if you go back historically 10, 15 years ago, natural gas uh, traded, if, if oil was $60, uh, if you divide by 10 and got $6, that's about where your natural gas prices would average. Well, uh, that doesn't work anymore because of the Marcellus. And the Marcellus uh, and Utica are like 30 bees a day out of our 90 bees production. It didn't even exist 10 years ago. So now the question becomes, will the Marcellus and the Utica continue to grow? And given the restrictions on you know, wanting to operate on free cash flow, uh, I don't think the major Marcellus producers can spend, say, two-thirds of their cash flow uh, and do much more than hold their production flat. I think the Marcellus and the Utica will stop growing. The other Basin that's done well recently in terms of having uh, being able to meet that criteria, spend two thirds of your cash flow and have your production go up a bit is the Haynesville. And I don't think the Haynes the Haynesville is benefited because it's located near LNG export, but I don't think the Haynesville um, will uh, uh, will go up very much because I think the costs are fundamentally more, even though the net back, because of being close to LNG export, is better. The other source of, of the large source of natural gas is associated natural gas from the Permian. But if the oil production is flat, maybe the Permian will be up a little and the rest of the basins will be down. But if, if oil production is flat or rising a little, you're not going to see much associated gas. And as evidence of that, the, the hub out there, the Waha hub, which is where Permian gas is priced, has been trading within 20 or 30 cents of, uh, of uh, where the contract is settled in North Louisiana, Henry Hub. Um, that wouldn't be happening if there was growing gas production. In other words, the capacity to get the gas down to the Gulf Coast exceeds the amount of uh, gas that's being produced there. So um, we've got a lot of technology stuff. To, I don't want to take too much more on oil and gas. On macro, um, 
I, I, the ten-year bond got to 175, and now it's like at 145. So it did exactly the opposite of what most people were predicting. Um, but what does that mean? Uh, I mean, the Federal Reserve is still buying 110 billion a month of uh, U.S. Treasuries and mortgage bonds. It makes no sense. They don't need to do that. They're still increasing their balance sheet, which is now around seven and a half trillion. A normalized Federal Reserve balance sheet can't be more than three and a half trillion or so. I mean, before uh, uh, quantitative easing was started after 08, I think the Federal Reserve balance sheet was one and a half trillion. Uh, so it's just not necessary. Um, why are they doing it? Uh, my own view is the chairman and the vice chairman, uh, you know, can influence the voting members. Uh, I think they want to keep their jobs. I think it's unfortunate. I think it'd be better if they were more independent. Um, sooner or later, they're not going to be able to do that. I mean, this, this time around, the Chinese have not expanded their sovereign debt very much. And the European Union is kind of an extension of Germany. And Germany, with their you know, inflation memories from the period after World War I, really don't want to overspend, uh, have their uh, you know, deficits uh, in their federal spending. Um, so I think sooner or later, whoever's in charge of the Federal Reserve and whoever is in office uh, you know, as, as the president, I think are going to be limited in terms of running big deficits or, or running these very large uh, quantitative easing programs. When that'll happen, I, I don't know. I, I would think sooner rather than later, but I don't think it matters in terms of equity valuations. Would the stock market be as high as it is if you didn't have this monetizing of our deficit? No, I don't think so. How could it be? I mean, it, it, you know, it, overall stock prices would have to be so much lower. Is this a reason to sell what you own or to not look around for things that you'd like to own and and look for values where you'd like to own them. No, I mean, you, you know, you, you don't want to get stuck in cash, but you do want to be careful. And with that, uh, uh, Mike and I talked last week about uh, Moderna and Zoom. And our point there was that both those companies have really good cash flow, recent cash flow, and very good balance sheets. But of course, uh, Moderna uh, is a one product company, the vaccine. And Zoom is uh, is is uh, you know benefited enormously from lockdown. And uh, uh, Mike and I did talk for ten minutes earlier today. He spent more time looking at that, and uh, he's going to explain. He's a little you know Moderna. I think of as a two hundred dollars stock. Uh, Zoom is a three hundred dollars stock. I know Zoom's more and Moderna's more. But uh, going to turn it over to Mike, and he's going to explain why. Between the two, if he were going to start a position, he isn't necessarily going to start a position, but he's a little more in favor of Moderna rather than Zoom. And with that, Mike, why don't you explain your concerns about Zoom? Sure. So Zoom, Zoom's obviously had a great run through the pandemic because we became the de facto tool that everybody needed in order to work from home. Um, the the company's obviously generating a lot of cash flow, especially for company. Um, and the reason that it maybe isn't running higher than it otherwise would is 
this concern that video conferencing as a digital tool that we consume is relatively easy to swap out. Uh, for example, the, the conference software we're using right now works just like Zoom. Um, so what is uh, the bet if you're going to go if you were to go long on the company today, uh, your bet is that the software will be stickier to the enterprises that have signed up to it uh, through through COVID, like they're gonna stick around. Um, now, enterprise software tends to be very sticky. Uh, the, the, the stickiest of them are like your, your Salesforce or HubSpot, where the, uh, essentially the, the the fundamental operations of your company are dependent on the software. It's hard to make that case for Zoom because um, there's just so many offerings. And in a lot of cases, uh, in the case of Microsoft, they use it as bait in order to, to, to attract more customers with Microsoft Teams. So uh, Google offers one as well. So it's not necessarily differentiated. So, uh, you know, today that that would be your you would be taking the, the position that it is stickier than people assume it would be. Um, flipping to Moderna, um, I I think that mRNA vaccines in general, and that shouldn't limit it to just MR, uh, vaccines. I think mRNA in general presents a really interesting technological uh, step forward in the way modern medicine will be consumed. Um, the, the trouble with entering that position now is obviously the company is creating uh, a huge amount of revenue and a huge amount of cash flow, flow. But once once everybody's got a COVID vaccine, what what are they going to do? Um, they obviously have quite a few drugs in development um, that we will see where those go. They're certainly not going to have this, the same impact of being able to service the entire population of Earth. Um, that doesn't mean it wouldn't be a large market. Uh, you know, based on reading a couple other researchers' reports, I think that if you could get it closer to 150 bucks, that would start getting really interesting. Um, but that is, uh, uh, I'll, I'll pause right there, let, uh, let uh, uh, Hunt give his feedback, but I think that's kind of how I'm looking at those two stocks today. Yeah, I, uh, I kind of agree with Mike. Um, the one thing to remember is that when you're looking for things that have good cash flow characteristics that are going to be able to um, grow and and grow without issuing stock or running your debt up, you you can look at thousands of companies and come up with only you know 30 or 40 that you have confidence you're going to be able to do that. And if your goal is to only own which I think is the right goal, that diversification is satisfied with like 10 full positions and maybe a couple of part positions where you're trying to make up your mind. Um, the uh, Just to get to 30 or 40 companies that have those kinds of cash flow characteristics is a real achievement. And uh, so I think Moderna and Zoom Video um, have those characteristics, what what I think makes sense is to follow them and hope that they get cheaper. Moderna, because uh, you know the world won't need uh, the COVID vaccine 
uh, or as much of it, and uh, Zoom video because, uh, as Mike says, that you know a fair amount of the Zoom revenues are from enterprises who pay you know so much for their employees to be able to use the Zoom. I think it may be stickier, but on the other hand, I want to I want to trust uh, uh, Mike's uh, instincts here because he knows a lot more about it. Um, so we're probably going to each Wednesday um, revisit those two companies and see if we learn any more um, because, you know, as I say, there just aren't that many companies. When you sort through uh, businesses and where they are growing, they are taking market share, remember your goal is to try to compound your money at 15% a year, which uh, doubles your money in five years. Uh, so just because something has a good balance sheet, good cash flow characteristics, unless it's taking market share, I mean, our economy, economists tell us is going to grow, you know, uh, two and a half percent a year. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're a, the United States is a pretty big, fairly mature economy. So if you're if you're going to try to target your investment return at 15% a year, you're going to have to invest in things that have good cash flow characteristics and that are taking market share. Uh, market share isn't just you know you sell more Cheerios and uh, uh, than Special K. Market share is how are people changing their behavior. A Zoom video being a case in point. Uh, so the companies that have really had outstanding records uh, uh, are, for the most part, technology companies. I mean, it's Amazon, it's Apple, it's Facebook, it's uh, Microsoft. Um, and uh, those companies generate more cash flow uh, than they use. They don't all pay dividends. I mean, Apple's paid dividends and bought in stock. Amazon's never paid a dividend. It doesn't really buy much of its stock in. Uh, 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 Microsoft is a dividend payer. Google is not. Um, but in time, I think Amazon and Google become dividend payers. If you're only going to own 10 stocks and you have that goal of doubling your money every five years, uh, it's hard to imagine that three or four of those stocks aren't going to be those very large uh, companies, the Microsofts, Apples, Amazons. One thing that I, I, I think is topical now is, uh, uh, is uh, regulatory risk. Um, the European Union's been very active fining these companies. Uh, I mean, some of the fines are truly huge. I mean, billions of dollars. I mean, they're contested. Uh, but the question is, uh, will there be antitrust regulation uh, in the United States? And uh, there's a, uh, a new person appointed here, very young person. Uh, and with that, I'll uh, turn it back to Mike because I think it's topical. That, that's right. It is very topical. because What's really interesting is that uh, it's not just one political side that, that's not very happy with the situation. And I think if I were to boil it down to my own assumptions, 
that these tech companies have gotten very powerful and the, the, they have the ability to, and as I've seen through, through the previous election cycle, to uh, sort of cancel uh, any voice they, they necessarily want to. So that so you see a lot of political activism, activism on the right from that perspective, but also from the left, you're having uh, similar perspectives uh, that 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 want to dismantle these large tech companies. So just a couple of days ago, some some proposed legislation was introduced in both the House and the Senate. Um, actually, a package of of bills that you know uh, some of them are pretty straightforward. One one is just looking to to increase the the fees for mergers so that the the department has more um, more resources to look into mergers. They all feel like they made a bad mistake with the the Instagram one, despite the fact that everybody thought that Facebook was foolish to be buying Instagram for as much money as they purchased it for at the time. So, you know, they they want to increase the scrutiny. The four additional bills are are probably, um, I I think they're anchoring negotiation points. Um, And ultimately, I think something does get passed, but I think it'll be highly watered down from where it is now. There's actually one bill that has some interesting language that, that, could develop into something that would be a net positive. Um, it, it wouldn't necessarily take away from the platforms, but it would probably promote additional competition um, that might enable some more players to get involved. Um, that one's actually called the Augmenting Compatibility and Competition by Enabling Service Switching App. Long story short, is they're looking to uh, uh, drive more interoperability on the web. Um, so anyways, all that is to say is that there's some really interesting stuff happening now and how that affects uh, the these big four or the, the bigger tech players um, is uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Now, the the FTC appointment is pretty interesting as well, because Linda Kahn, that's the, the point uh, point person. She she's very, very, very. I guess she's had some very clear perspective against Amazon, which I think is kind of interesting because I, I I don't feel like they're super at risk from an antitrust perspective compared to some of the others. Um, but I'll I'll go ahead and pause there, Hunt, because I know that you've got some more perspective no, here. No, no. And and as investors, uh, 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 antitrust cases are not necessarily so bad. I mean, Microsoft was able to to fight it off, but uh, consider, and and you'd have to think that Amazon, it, you know, taking Amazon on for its um, dominance of online retail, you know, is possible, I guess. But I think what Amazon would say is, uh, look, other people, first of all, you know, retail is a very large um, uh, uh, broad, uh, 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 activity. And, uh, you know, we should look at total retail, not just online retail. The other case they can make is look at Walmart, look at, look at, look at target, look at these, uh, bricks and mortar retailers that are getting heavily involved in, in online retail. Um, look at Shopify. I mean, I was talking to a fellow who knows a lot about this and, he said, uh, Shopify is, uh, is, uh, you know, if, if Shopify didn't exist, Amazon would have to, from an antitrust point of view, would have to create it. 
now, one other thing about uh, a company like Amazon and Antitrust is if they did have to spin things off uh, to settle uh, Antitrust concerns, uh, that can be pretty good for the stockholders. The spinoff typically would happen tax-free, and uh, the, the sum of the parts might be more than the total. Um, I personally uh, am a fan of Amazon and uh, Google over uh, Facebook and Apple. Uh, I've been wrong, wrong, wrong on Apple, but I just <clears throat> was uncomfortable with their dependence on China. Just about every piece of Apple equipment uh, you use uh, is made in China. And it has not been possible to move the manufacture of that equipment uh, to the US. Uh, Foxcom, which is uh, the largest uh, <clears throat> employer, I think, in China, uh, Taiwan-based company, interestingly enough, uh, famously has tried to open up manufacturing in the United States uh, unsuccessfully, most recently in Wisconsin. Um, and uh, so uh, Apple's going to continue to be dependent on manufacturing things in China. Um, the uh, um, I, uh, I, uh, but so far it, you know, it hasn't hurt them. Um, and uh, so uh, They've been very successful, but I think in terms of solid positions, uh, I, you know, I prefer Amazon and Google to Apple and Facebook. Facebook, um, it seems to me, are making themselves enormously uh, controversial by uh, cutting off, um, you know, uh, uh, people using using them to communicate. Uh, especially politicians using them to communicate. So uh, I don't, <clears throat> I don't think that uh, uh, if you're trying to plot out the next five years and trying to avoid uh, uh, legislation that would uh, hurt your business or or uh, antitrust uh, uh, activity that you'd have to defend. Um, uh, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't think uh, telling one part of the political spectrum that they can't use uh, your service is such a good idea. Uh, and uh, but then uh, Mike has his own preferences, so we'll finish up the last three or four minutes with uh, with Mike's preferences. Sure. So I. I my my I guess my favorite of the big tech names would be Microsoft, especially when it's uh, when you look at it through the lens of antitrust, mainly because they've been through this before. Um, now uh, you could make a case for this this time around is going to be completely different because in order to do any of this stuff, we have to rewrite the rules on antitrust. Um, so with that, I still like Microsoft. I also like Amazon. Um, I think that Google. If it were broken up, it, in in a way, depending on how, just there's really only one product at Google, and that's search. And unless you break that, which would be very very difficult to do, you would really just be breaking off all their side project businesses, which all lose money for the most part. So 
you actually may create a better company <laughs> from an investor's perspective if that were dismantled. Um, Apple Apple's in a bit of a precarious situation because that a lot of the legislation I, I read the three proposed uh, the four the four proposed bills this morning. Um, they're certainly targeting Apple. Um, again, realistically, uh, a lot of these these uh, the the initial drafts of this legislation is pretty short uh, uh, pretty short term focus because they they're tying it to the way that the store currently author operates and ultimately Apple would just change the way that it charges developers for using the App Store so uh, you know it, you gotta you gotta get paid somehow in order to to to, to offer the service so I think I think these I think these bills have a long way to go. I think we're going to make that uh, something to re continue to revisit on this call because I think it's important. These these tech companies have built natural monopolies that have been from the, the pure lens of antitrust relatively safe up until now. And they're creating a ton of money and adding a lot of value to people um, in general. So that they've been hard to go after. So in order to go after them, we got to change or the the legislators are planning to change the rules in order to do it. So I think this is a, a really good topic to stay on top of. I'll be tracking all of these bills. So I think I think we ought to plan to continue to revisit this as things develop. Yep. The next thing we we've avoided for the last two weeks anyway uh, uh, revisiting uh, NVIDIA, Taiwan Semiconductor, um, uh, Qualcomm, uh, and uh, AMD. And uh, I think uh, unless there are intervening events uh, between now and next Wednesday at 3.30, uh, in addition to updating uh, energy stuff, uh, we'll, get, we'll get back and, uh, and, and go through the uh, chip businesses. I mean, that, that the... Um, the, everyone's favorite, of course, is Nvidia, uh, or at least Mike and my favorite is Nvidia. But you know, it 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 is um, it is a full price stock, and uh, and uh, I think uh, good to spend uh, you know at least five or ten minutes on uh, on on its position vis-a-vis -vis the others next week. And with that, everyone stay healthy, and uh, we'll be on next week at three thirty. Take care. Thank you for joining us this week. Please tune in to us again next week as we'll be back on Wednesday. As a reminder, nothing on this podcast should be considered investment advice. You should always do your own work to determine if an investment is suitable for you.